Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. So I'm going to introduce you to the Dura sisters, of course, Lursa and Bator. Oh, wait a second, no, that's not right. So we're going to introduce Ashlyn, and then we're going to introduce Rihanna as well. Isn't that lovely? And the Dura <laughs> sisters are here tonight to discuss some of the best teamwork episodes in Star Trek. Is that Ooh, right, ladies? That is absolutely yes. right. <laughs> we're very excited. I'm, I'm delighted you're excited because I'm on the verge of sleep. I'd say if, if the camera was left on here for another 30 seconds, I'd be gone straight away. So, <laughs> so fair. <laughs> ladies, I'd want to hold you up because I'm always conscious of the fact that everyone has time and they want to do their episode and things like that. So I'm going to gracefully just push off again. Again, straight away, thank you so much for signing up with such short notice, for showing up, for coming on, and for having a topic and things like that. So I really do appreciate it. And as always, guys, if you can donate, that'd be absolutely fabulous. And I will leave you in the wonderful hands of the Dora sisters. And I'll talk to you in an hour. All right. Thanks see you so in an much. hour. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, hopefully he can get some sleep in this hour and yeah. we'll take over the stream. <laughs> we'll <power now. laughs> We're all in different time zones here. And that's something that's so amazing about this project. Um, I'm over in Virginia in America. Rihanna's in Chicago. And so yeah, for I'm us, actually, the... go ahead. I'm actually here in Ukrainian village right now. So it's kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's where I happen to be dog sitting around here. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, really lucky. And uh, for us, the night is just beginning. So I know our friends over uh, in Europe are sleeping still. So if you're in America, <laughs> hello, and thank you for oh. watching. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to thank everyone who's done this so far, who decided to be a part of this podcasting fundraiser. Like, what a cool idea. And we just want to thank particularly the uh, Clone Star podcast for putting this all on. Absolutely. Super awesome. And I'm seeing in the comments, of course, he's not sleeping. But <laughs> <laughs> the Clone Star podcast <laughs> has been working literally around the clock to make this happen. So once again, we just have to say thank you for hosting us. And we're so yeah. excited to get on with our show. Yes. So Ashlyn, first, I think it's very proper if we talk a bit about Ukraine and what we're all doing here, because this is, you know, a very scary time for so many people. And I first just want to reach out to anyone living in the Ukraine or around there, or Russians who are not agreeing with this war and who are facing a lot of turmoil, or people who have family in Ukraine, like truly, from the Dura sisters, we really just want to send you our love and support. And we are here to talk about the amazing episodes of Trek that have community and teamwork, because we know that like, none of this is possible without community and teamwork. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we also wanted to watch these episodes because a lot of them deal with uh, people in conflict. And there are some really great demonstrations in these episodes of people coming from completely different backgrounds and able to find common ground together. And that is, I think, something that we all could be doing better in our lives just in general. Um, yeah. Obviously, like for war, it would be nice if, uh, you know, maybe we could just have some peace talks instead of just charging into another country. So come on, Putin, get it together. <sighs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed watching these episodes. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about our podcast. For those of you who don't know, we clearly are not 
the Dura sisters, but <laughs> we survived generations. So I feel like, you know, we're a little bit better. A little um, bit better. <laughs> we, uh, we are the Dura sisters podcast. We've been going for about a year and a half now. We have over 50 episodes out, which I just realized, Brianna, Ooh. is wild. Uh, our podcast basically goes through th themes, essentially. So we started off with our pilot series, and that went through every single pilot, and we reviewed them and talked about, is it a viable pilot or not? Mm -hmm. We went on to family, love and affection. We have had so many series. Right now, we're in the middle of our feminism series. We just wrapped up movies a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so we obviously have delayed our normal pod because we feel really strongly about this issue. And I personally, I think a lot of us have been feeling really helpless about the situation. And I think being so far removed in America, it's hard to even imagine what is going on in Ukraine. And I, you know, I see posts every day, t TikTok, like it's invading my stream because mm -hmm. it's invading literally everybody's lives. The world is different now. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure people watching have already donated, but I just want to remind you that your donation will help the people in Ukraine get help, like just the basic necessities, the things that they need. So just once again, like, please consider donating. And um, all right, Rihanna, so yeah. let's go. Do you want to actually okay. talk a little bit about the like kind of rules that we're setting up for this stream? Because <laughs> normally Rihanna and I talk for like two hours or more oh my on our God. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and so for this, we were like, oh my God, we really have we to cut down. <laughs> So, Rihanna, what are some of the rules that we're going to be doing throughout the pod today? Well, we are going to be introducing each episode that we discussed with a 30-second plot summary. So I'm going to be timing Ashlyn, and then she's going to be timing me. And it's, like, totally um, off the cuff. Like, we have not prepped these, no. <laughs> these summaries at all. So that'll be fun for you to see us stressed. <laughs> yeah. And we are also going to be doing the occasional toast. I've got a little glass of wine here, but you, you can do it with uh water you know, coffee water hydrate tea, yourself everybody please hydrate. wake up yourself or <laughs> yeah. hurt yourself <laughs> yeah. either way we're going to be doing toasts to certain characters or situations we're also going to be i have a couple intriguing questions ashlyn to ask you and um also we're just going to periodically be reminding you like hey if you have the means go and donate because this is what this is all about this is our fundraiser and we're just very excited to be here. And Ashlyn, can we talk a little bit? Would you mind reading the episodes that we watched for today's community, Unity for Ukraine uh, theme? Yes, absolutely. So we watched A Little Ship from Deep Space Nine. Fantastic episode. <laughs> we also watched Learning Curve from Voyager, maybe kind of a deep cut for you Voyager fans out there. Um, yeah. Then Everything is Possible, which of course just came out a couple of weeks ago on Discovery. And then Time Amok, which is from Prodigy and is also fairly new. So we got a good mix of new Trek and old Trek. <laughs> so yes. you Trek bros who don't like new Trek, you can just cut out at the halfway mark, you know, and, and peace out. Be going back yeah. in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one more thing is we both between us have four dogs in the house. So if they bark at all, just know that they're just wanting you all to donate. So. Oh, I see in the comments, we have some people are going to join with coffee and margaritas. So, Ooh, okay, nice. <laughs> Very exciting. Very exciting. Love that. So Ashlyn, the first challenge is up to you. I am going to put 30 seconds on the clock here. Okay. And you are going to give us a plot summary of one little ship from Deep Space Nine. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. 
Okay, so the crew of the Defiant are like exploring this anomaly in the Alpha Quadrant, and it's really small. So they have to make a little shuttle really small, and then they do that. And then the Jem'Hadar come when they're when the little ship's not on the big ship, and then they have to go back in the big ship and basically all work together to stop the Jem'Hadar from taking over the Defiant. And Cisco is really crafty and he's really amazing. And the whole crew works together and they end up saving the day and the Defiant yeah, fine. Oh. oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> 30 seconds. And oh, man. I had some nice time work. to talk about Cisco. So that was good. <laughs> How awesome he is. <laughs> So, Ashlyn, I am really excited to talk about this episode. I think it's really hilarious. And some people, like I saw someone just said such a fun episode. And I agree. It is kind of like a bizarre one to think about for community and teamwork. But really, if you think about it, it would not have been possible without every single member of the crew doing something. We have our little crew and our big crew. <laughs> so it's really just, it's perfect. I'm really worried about the puns that might happen during this segment, Rihanna. I'm getting, I'm getting a little scared. I really love puns, so <laughs> yeah. Um, so first of all, I just want to say how hilarious it is, how hilarious it is that Kira is just cracking up at the beginning of this episode. Like she thinks it's the funniest thing that they're turning tiny. Like she, because they're going to be like literally this small. And Kira is just like bent double laughing. I just think that is so funny. Even Cisco is getting a good chuckle. That's her biggest role in this episode. She laughs <laughs> for like the first 10 minutes of the episode yeah. and everyone on the bridge is like, bro. <laughs> They're like, you good? Yeah. Literally Worf is like, I do not see what's funny about this. <laughs> like... Oh, I do have a question since you brought up yeah. Worf already, Rihanna. Mm -hmm. In this episode, they talk about Klingons composing poems yes. uh, to represent big, important events. And Jadzia just kind of slips on the calm, like, Worf, I can't wait to hear your poem. And Rihanna, I noticed that you are a poet. Yes. And so I'm wondering if you composed a poem about you know, this historic event. I did not compose a poem. I was totally going to, but um, I will say the great words of Worf. This is the story of a little ship that took a little trip. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rihanna, I was going to say I did write a poem and I was going to say that. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect. You know, I'll write a poem tomorrow and I'll put it up on our, uh, on our, perfect. you know, our social media. So excellent. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they do commemorate this event with a special poem. Well, Worf doesn't have it ready. Like, come on, like me. He does not have his <laughs> poem ready. Um, but then they turn small and they're this anomaly for like two seconds before the Jem'Hadar come. Like, they literally get no breaks. And we heard that this is like the first time they've done a scientific mission, like purely scientific in months. Like, they've been in the war deeply for months. And so they're finally so excited to like do something like Starfleet-esque. But nope, it's now just back to Jem'Hadar fighting once again. Yeah, this happens a lot, I feel like, in DS9, where they're yeah. on their mission and they're like, oh, okay, gotta fight the war. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I mean, this is so what Deep Space Nine is about. It's very entrenched in the war. And so we have, like, oh, it's just so funny. Um, I also want to just really 
like praise Judzia O'Brien and Bashir in this episode because they are a good team. Like I didn't really expect it because like we don't get to see Judzia and O'Brien interact a ton. O'Brien's usually down working somewhere on the station and she's always in ops and Bashir is always just like there and funny and like cracking jokes. But obviously he's there too because they're going to be so small. So he needs to monitor their vitals. And I just love the way they all work together. Thank God Judzia is there because she's a phenomenal pilot um it's just very helpful <laughs> yeah you know what rihanna i'm actually gonna make a toast to dr bashir yes to bashir because oh it got me um <laughs> because there is a moment where o'brien is freaking out when they have to like beam themselves into this tiny part of the defiant and judzi has to beam air in there and uh, O'Brien is freaking out because he doesn't know exactly where they are. And so Bashir just says, calm down, close your eyes. You know everything about the ship. And so if you like, just think about it for a second, you'll be able to figure out where we are. And it works. And I really mm -hmm. just thought that it showed how well o Bashir knows O'Brien. And also just like his uh, counselor side is coming out for a second, you know, where yeah. he's just really helpful. And I agree, like that team is amazing because Jadzia is doing like amazing pilot moves and jumping yeah. around the ship. So, yeah, yeah, I love to see it. I'm really glad you brought that up because I like the way that they help each other adapt to this new environment. You know, I think it's so important to have people to lean on to adapt in really stressful situations. And that they're the perfect team for that because Julian also almost sits on one of the like power <laughs> couplings thing, which like he would have been electrocuted and dead, like dead. And so O'Brien is like, Julian, no. And it's just perfect because like, obviously both of them would have died if they didn't have each other and everyone would have died if Jadzia wasn't piloting. So like, cause they have to go through the plasma vent of the defiant. It's crazy. Like this is just, a, she has to pilot in a whole new world. Like you, you don't, you don't wake up in the morning expecting to be in a tiny ship piloting around the defiant. Like that's just, it's not your average day. You really don't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also saw that Sean said, honey, I shrunk the runabout. That's exactly this episode. I mean, yeah, that should be the real title. That's yeah, genius. Exactly. Okay, Rihanna, let's let's shift and let's talk about the rest of the crew and what they're dealing with. So let's see. We have um, Worf is kind of in the background covering the tracks because Cisco, yes. I mentioned in my quick summary, is playing these Jem'Hadar so well because there's kind of different generations of Jem'Hadar on the ship. One mm -hmm. are from the Gamma Quadrant. Some are bred for the Alpha Quadrant specifically. They're thought of as being stronger. And so Cisco is really playing games between the first and the second because yes. the second is more experienced, but, and he's right. Like, the entire time he's right about what the first should be doing. And yeah. so Cisco sees that tension and he just is amazing at uh, causing some chaos between them. So he can allow Kira to slowly repair the warp drive. And uh, then we have Nog who's trying to get the command codes from the bridge. And that's uh, what I want to toast is Nog. He is awesome to in this part. Mm. Mm. Cheers to Nog, because he, I think, has the hardest job. He is trying to go through a million lockout codes. It's so tricky. Like, he's still an ensign. Not that, you know, his age means that he's, like, not going to be good at this. But this is a very hard task he's been given under pressure, literally with Jem'Hadar breathing down your back. That's very stressful. And he's doing a magnificent job. Yeah, I agree. 
go Nog. I mean, he's, yeah. yeah, he's so amazing. I also thought that, um, I thought that Kira was doing a really great job too, because yeah. she's just perfect for antagonizing the Jem'Hadar and like really making them frustrated. And I, you know, she's kind of the embodiment of like hands back. She's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's fixed. Literally it's even O'Brien is like, she's certainly taking her time. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Like, I love when they got a viewer of everyone, like they could see what everyone's doing and they're and immediately they know they're like, Oh, like we know that Benjamin's got this thing going. And so I just, I think that that's genius. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. so, yeah, I think this episode really demonstrates what a lot of Star Trek episodes do. I uh, just that the teamwork within the Federation and like the type of training that they have to go through at Starfleet Academy to train for these types of really insane situations is is really effective, clearly, because they rely on each other. Nobody skips a beat. Nobody questions Cisco's orders. They are all kind of reading each other's minds. And this is this comes from being a crew that is so tight and also just like it shows the trust that they have in one another that no one is questioning anybody's orders. And so I feel like there's, you know, thousands of Star Trek episodes like this, but I think this one really stands out because we really see that they're all separated in this one. Yeah. And yet they still outwit the Jem'Hadar at every single turn. And yes. that, that's, it really shows also the weakness of the Jem'Hadar because they don't trust each other. And it's all about obeying commands, which is not an effective way to yeah. lead your troops. Exactly. And you bring up a good point. Yeah. <laughs> you bring up a good point too. The fact that like they literally are unable to communicate with the, I think the Rubicon is the shuttlecraft that they're on. Yes. And like they are not able to talk, of course, to the the large sized people, the average sized people. And so when I just love that like Jadzia has to like inch the little Rubicon to like open the door, like everything about it is just so, so funny. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, because there's, there's separation and there's distance, then they have to work together even without getting to communicate with each other. And that's kind of a lot of what we're doing right now. You know, we have so much distance physically from the crisis of Ukraine, but like we're still coming together and doing stuff to help. And that's what's so important, you know, is like relying on your community and really taking stock of like who's around you and how you can like, you know, figure it out even from afar. Oh, yeah. And Frown Huffs makes a really good comment. Um, they say every person is important to the plan. It wouldn't have worked out without the whole team. Yes. And you're exactly right. If Cisco had failed in, you know, messing up the Gem Hadar, they def it definitely would have not have yeah. worked. If mm -hmm. <laughs> Bashir had been fried, in <laughs> it would not have worked. Well, not fried. <laughs> yeah, like literally they all needed each other and which means they're all victorious so i have a question ashlyn who hmm. would you bring on your little ship mission <gasps> oh okay <laughs> this is the exact same mission and i just get to choose yeah. who's the three who's in, in the, the little ship who's yeah. in the little ship okay it's me i want to see Worf be little <gasps> yes. although i don't know if it'd be smart because i feel like we wouldn't really need like someone to do combat um Maybe. but i just like Worf. i feel like he'd be funny um, yeah. So I'm going to have Worf and Jadzia for sure. I'm just going to third wheel and we'll be that. successful even if I just stand in the back. <laughs> I mean, I'd be a team too because I would I would sure. help them out. Rihanna, who, power. what about <laughs> yeah. you? Who would you bring in your little tiny ship? 
I would bring Janeway and Dr. Crusher. What? You're bringing people from different series? Oh, <laughs> we're not supposed to? Well, you can do whatever you want, but. Yeah, it's my question. So. Wow. Okay. I'm bringing Janeway and Crusher. Okay, well, your next question, I'm going to answer with everyone else. So before we move on, I also just have to talk about the elephant in the room. And that is the moment at the end where the runabout flies in the room after the Jem'Hadar are passed out. And Cisco says, Mr. Worf, I think your wife is here. And it flies right up to Worf. And you see the shot of Jensia waving at Worf. I'm just going to toast the weird, weird and amazing, memorable shot of that. Mm. That is so memorable. That is, like I, I love it. And you see Warp, like his eyes in the window. Oh, it's so the unforgettable. Terrible. I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. All right. On? So, Rihanna, I am getting 30 seconds on the clock. Okay. And I'm actually going to try to hold up the time so everyone can oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want you to give me in 30 seconds a summary of Learning Curve, which is from season one of Voyager. So, we're kind of changing gears here. Okay, I'm ready. All right, ready, set, go. Okay, so we've got the Maquis on the ship. They are not doing well with the crew of Voyager. So Tuvok is assigned to have sort of a like mixing a training, essentially Starfleet training for the Maquis crew members who are not doing very well integrating with the rest of the crew. It goes terribly. Tuvok's really harsh. Chakotay comes up and slaps one of the Maquis members. It's crazy. He goes to Neelix. Neelix helps him to figure out, hey, you need to be better with these people. You actually get to need the note, get to know them. Then they're in a crisis. They have to work together. They end up working together. And then they're all part of the crew and it's great. Wow. Okay. Two <laughs> seconds to spare. You kind of started losing your mind at the end. You're like, and then everyone hugs each other. And it's like, oh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but that's about the summary. Um, did I miss anything? No, that was great. Okay. I think the slap was the most important part. And as long as you got the slap in there. The slap. Yeah. It was so weird. So, because we see that uh, essentially this is a really tenacious uh, episode because the Maquis are still trying to fit in with the Federation crew. Obviously, they don't want to be Federation, understandably. There's uh, one character, Dalby, who has like a lot of really traumatic past. Wait, and, like, how do you say his name? You said Dalby? Dalby? Okay, okay, Dalby? I, well, I literally heard Dalby, sir. Dalby, Myself, like the entire time so i'm glad you said dolby i think okay. it, i mean it's like it's dolby but yeah go ahead knows. anyway he's a random maki guy but yeah he's been through a lot and so have a lot of the maki i mean that they have clearly they're maki for a reason and so this integration process has been really difficult and i feel for them you know i feel like this is not a super fair situation for them to be in that they have to be starfleet you know like they can't just turn it into a maki ship which of course like that wouldn't work but it's still hard and i i think that it's really natural to see this integration have a tough process and i'm glad that they mentioned it and that they talked about the difficulties of this because like when getting to know anybody new and if they have a completely different set of beliefs and values you're going to have issues and you're going to have conflict and so when we first started watching this episode i was like maybe we shouldn't talk about this episode because like it is very contentious tuvok is harsh af like he is not very kind and like he's just acting like a regular starfleet training teacher you know he's trainer. like a basic training 
Yeah. Yeah. Like reminded me of that very military type like vibes he was going. He's like, run laps. And I'm like, come on, this guy just like spoke out of turn. He said, run 30 laps. I was like, Tuvok, he's Tuvok's my favorite character on Voyager, but even I was like, buddy, calm down a little. I just got two like middle-aged coonhounds. I've only had them for a month. And I really related to Tuvok in this episode (laughs) because I'm like, get down, leave it. (laughs) <laughs> don't go over there like I have to be very strict with them because they're just like brainless and just want to do yeah. whatever they want mm-hmm. and I really felt like maybe Tuvok was kind of approaching it from that perspective as well like these are issues that I have to like train out of them yeah. instead of coming from the perspective of empathy or compassion like you're talking about um he does kind of try so there's mm-hmm. a scene in the middle I'm just like jumping around um, but there's a scene in the middle where he tries to play pool with Dolby yeah. and Dolby is like not having it. He he's like, like, what are you doing here? Well, yeah. first of all, he's great at pool. You just see him like knocking in those solids and yeah. I was like, good for you, sir. Um, but he talked about how in his past he was in love once with this woman and, um, our Bajoran woman and, mm-hmm. um, she was raped and her skull was smashed and, mm-hmm like just had a horrible time. And so he's been angry ever since. And he talks about how he grew up angry. She temporarily cured it. Um, I, you know, there's no therapy in the Bajoran system because everything is being crushed. Like no one could go through therapy in that situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he just harbored that anger this whole time. And so now he's trapped in this situation and that's why he's taking it out on Tuvok and the crew and Starfleet. So after hearing that story, I mean, Tuvok is like, for a Vulcan stunned, you know, he's can't, he yeah. can't, he's just like, Oh, I have nothing to add. Yeah. I have a nice family and a nice life. Um, mm-hmm. So it's something to see it, or it's like, it's great to see that. And it's, you kind of understand his perspective more, but also the way that he's acting is still not professional and still not cool. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, just kind of going back to what you're saying at the beginning, just overall about Voyager and the Maquis crew going together. Um, I feel like that's why Janeway is such a different type of captain, especially in the first two seasons, because she's dealing with that. And she's kind of like cowboy diplomacy in her own way, because she has a wide variety of people on the crew and it takes them a long time to become a team. And so I, uh, yeah, I I just really like this episode because um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's about teamwork and it's a classic, like there's a crisis, they have to come together. Um, Rihanna, let's, can we talk about the Chicote slapping scene or like anything <laughs> yeah. else you want to keep adding? No, I'd love to talk about this scene. I, so, I'm in love with it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really chaotic and not what he should have done, but we also get to see. So the reason he slaps him is because he's like slapping the Maki member. Did he speak out of turn? Was that what it was? He's like said something like, no i can't remember well he was just being kind of bitchy in general yeah (laughs) um but he said that i want like i want things to be the maquis way because i'm so used to doing everything the maquis way in the beginning of the episode we see him like doing an unauthorized repair and it caused janeway's like hollow thing her literally (laughs) turn of the screw holodeck program it's literally the play slash opera turn of the screw like it's two little kids who see a ghost i'm just saying anyway and she's the governess anyway whoa you're um, so right i never put that together oh i i'm like i I was in that opera yeah (laughs) 
But anyway, so we see him doing this unauthorized repair and Tuvok talks about how he's always doing everything out of turn, like the Maquis way. And so Ch mm -hmm. Chakotay says, oh, you want things the Maquis way? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this really shows you like how they do things on the Maquis ship and how Chakotay like used to command. And it's just he interesting. he really used to slap his officers? Like, what? I am very glad that he is learning from Janeway and that they're all sort of learning that there's like different ways to do it. And not that Starfleet way is always the best way either. We learn this in Voyager all the time is that Starfleet ways a lot of times like get in the way of um, like stuff that needs to be done because of protocol is holding you back or whatever. So I'm not saying Starfleet is perfect by any stretch, but the Maki way seems like I would not do well in. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I do kind of love it though. And Fraunhofs is saying he's not wrong. Like it's true. <laughs> I also really wanted him to say, cause at one point um, Dobby saying something like he's treating us like we're children or like we're young teenagers who don't know like what the world is. And I wanted Chakotay to say, well, you're acting like young teenagers. They are. You know, so yeah. that's why he's treating you this way. Mm -hmm. And we know Tuvok to be fair and logical and awesome. And he's doing this for the betterment of the ship, but they just can't see that. And it makes me wonder too, because he probably has, because he has so much experience with the Maquis since he was undercover in the beginning of Voyager on the Maquis uh, ship. Yeah, I wish they would have so, brought that up at all. I know, but I think that he does then carry some implicit bias toward, mm. like, against the Maquis, you know, because then it's sort of like, he knows that he has to be a hard ass. He knows that he has to, like, really lay down the law because he's seen sort of how the Maquis run things. So it's just interesting. That's really true, Rihanna. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about each of these people that were chosen for the program. Um, mm -hmm. I unfortunately, what's, I can't remember the species of the, the blue dude. I know he's oh, not, um, he's not, Bolian. he's not a Bolian, uh, cause he doesn't have the breathing tubes. Um, I don't know either. If someone in the comments remembers that'd yeah. be awesome. But... That guy, that guy's, he's funny. Uh, he, he, they describe him as talking a lot and, uh, he's quick to like disobey orders basically. Yeah. Yeah, so he's that's why he's there. Yeah, and then we've got um, a woman who's like, I don't know, just doesn't follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then obviously Dolby is like cutting corners and not he's not even consulting Bolana. Like she's the chief engineer. Oh, he is a bullion. Chell, sorry to interrupt. Oh, thank okay, you. Okay, thank wow. you, Bobby. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just interesting because like. The people they chose are obviously have like, you know, confu confusion or like not confusion, but like conflicting ideals with Starfleet. And so that's where they were chosen. But I do have to say, we talked about this just last week in our feminism TNG series, but they make the Bajoran take off his earring. Again. Like, are you They did the same thing with Ensign Rowe. And I'm just so mad about it. I'm like, that is a like religious piece that should like yes her headband sure i think what did Tuvok call it he said like your headband is very festive <laughs> but not within regulation <laughs> but like it's not just a festive piece like this is a religious like article and so i hate that they make bajorans take it off because it's not starfleet like you know uniform that's awful yeah, that really, really bothers me. And I'm surprised that even in Voyager, they're taking off the earrings. It's terrible. Yeah, like, come on, sign of the times, people. Get up with it. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm going to make a toast to every Bajoran who's been forced to remove their religious earrings. Yeah. That's messed up. Toast. Mm-hmm. 
You know? Yeah. And something that Tuvok says that I think is really important is he talks about how if we don't come together and we don't like learn about each other, then we're doomed to repeat the same mistakes. And this is just something that like we are really seeing on our world right now. And like, you know, I mean, we're seeing so many parallels to World War II. And I'm just like reminding everybody to like, please like listen to history and like read about things that are going on in the world and like stay informed because otherwise we are doomed to repeat the same mistakes and like listen to Tuvok, you know, like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He knows what he's talking about. Well, and even just to bring it to the real world, like, of course, listen to Tuvok always, every time he speaks, but also <laughs> listen to the people who you disagree with um, for a little bit. Don't make yourself crazy. That's not sure. worth it. You know, you can't mm -hmm. reason if you, you can't reason with people who are crazy, but you can empathize with them and yeah. understand what they're going through. Um, and yeah, that's all we can do and try to find some common ground. Absolutely. I'm really, yeah. Um, that's what I wrote, uh, in my notes. I was like, Tupac needs more kindness. <laughs> Well, and you know, what's crazy is Neelix is the one to lead him towards this, which like to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, Tuvix. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I just, you know, so the thing is, is like, I am a, like, I just don't like Neelix. I'm kind of a Neelix hater and like, I'm sorry to everyone who loves Neelix out there. He's never been my favorite character. He always annoys the you know what out of me, but also like he does have some insight into, he's very much a people person. Like he knows what people needs, people's need. And like, obviously he's the morale officer for a reason, you know? And so I think that even this early on that he's giving Tuvok advice is really cool. Yeah, I agree. And Tuvok listened to it. And this is also something we see that's a sign of a good leader that is often shown in Star Trek is listening. You know, you listen to the officers beneath you, you listen to the people above you and Essential. try to come up with the best solution. And uh, Tuvok clearly thinks, well, Neelix uh, knows what he's talking about. And I do think that Neelix can read people better than Tuvok can. I think mm -hmm. maybe seven Tuvok maybe could read, you know, once he's had some more development, he reads people yeah. better, but. I mean, Neelix immediately sees just Tuvok's expression and knows exactly what's going on. Yes. So I thought that was really lovely. Also, I just want to say my heater is like making some noise. It's doing a samba. <laughs> Did you hear weird popping? <laughs> my house is heating up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's built well, in the 50s. So it's an old girl. Yeah, it's totally fine. Um, also, just random, but the funniest quote uh, of this episode is get the cheese to sick bay. Yeah, that whole side That's plot, I was like... <laughs> I mean, the cheese is what, like, made all the gel packs, you know, like, the gel packs were having issues. Have the bacteria. And that's what made, yeah, and that's what made Tuvok and the other trainees get stuck in this room together um, and where they had to do sort of, like, this rescue. And, like, I love this, though, because it means that Tuvok has to learn how to bend the rules, you know, and also the... Then I love how the other trainees are saying, like, I oh, guess if you can learn how to bend the rules, we can learn how to follow them. And it's like, yes, you found a common ground. Like, oh, it's so important. Exactly. Well, and I think in this situation, something that really spoke to Dobby, like what got him to change his mind was action. It wasn't words. And yeah. seeing that Tuvok was willing to sacrifice himself to save the Bajoran guy, which we haven't talked about too much. He's this young kid who's in the program because he's so young. And Chakotay hopes that 
he'll be able to really grow as a person if he can kind of go along with the Starfleet ways for a little bit, that he'll be able mm -hmm. to do more than he could ever imagine. And um, so, of course, of course, Tuvok is going to save him. I wasn't even like worried about that when that no. when the kid was stuck up top and Tuvok was like, go, that's an order. I was like, duh, Tuvok's going to save him because Tuvok's yeah. amazing. And sometimes the needs of the one outweighs the needs of the many as we all know from our yeah. glorious leader, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went back to save the one in, in risk of his own life. And I just, that if that doesn't show you his character, then I don't know what does. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Rihanna, cheers to Tuvok for to Tuvok. teaching and learning. Yes. Oh, well said. Okay, shall we move on to All is Possible? Oh my gosh, From yes. Discovery. Yes. Very exciting. Okay, Ashlyn, let me pull up this and I'll actually, you know, show the audience this time. <laughs> okay, you ready? I think I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one, start. Okay, this is the episode of Discovery where Tilly's feeling really lost. And so Hugh and this guy with the glasses at Starfleet say, oh, you should go teach some cadets because they're like needing some help connecting. And so they go and they're again in a shuttle and the shuttle gets hit by a wave. And so they crash on the wrong moon. Dun, dun, dun. And then they have to all work together, but they're fighting. And Tilly's being cute and stressed and the monsters are coming at them. So they run up on the bridge and then it's great. And then on the side, Navarre's trying to join the Federation. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I really like that dun 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 was essential <laughs> in your plot summary. Well, and I mean, honestly, like the more important plot is Navarre joining the Federation, but like I just gotta talk about the I, cadets. <laughs> I disagree. I think the cadets is the most important part of this episode, but that's because I'm a Tilly love. And as you can see, I have my disco shirt on. For oh, Tilly. and can I just show everybody my shirt? Because yeah. Rihanna actually made it. It says Picard is my Chadich. Where's the camera? <laughs> and it has our little logo. So yeah. Anyway, I drew and then in, so I had fun. I'm calling the Enterprise. You got too. your logo. That's good. I like that. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rihanna. Let's talk about these cadets. Man, they got issues. <laughs> I am glad. <laughs> I am glad that they get this little time to talk them out because as we see and i think this is such a covid parallel but we see that these new cadets into starfleet have either never seen other aliens before or have barely interacted there's a uh, someone from mars colony there's someone from like sasha who's never seen a non-human she's so, from like, titan yeah <laughs> yeah so it's just crazy like we've got which is, I mean, similar to how a lot of kids either starting high school or starting college during the pandemic aren't getting that like sort of real college experience or the real high school experience because they're either doing it on Zoom or it's like, you know, asynchronous or whatever the nature of schooling is now because of COVID. And so I think that this like Discovery and every Star Trek show parallels our worlds, you know, our, our, our real life so well that... I was really getting that feeling of like, this is probably what it's like for a lot of students. So I just want to toast the students and people uh, who are trying to study during the pandemic because good is a mark. It's awful. Yeah. Mm. Rihanna and I both graduated in May of 2020. <laughs> that was a doozy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I got my master's online in Cleveland, just at home with my now husband. And then she was at, she was on spring break 
with and like went home and was staying yeah, with our like, dad Get here. and ended up <laughs> yeah. staying at home the entire rest of the semester got her bachelor's degree online so anyway Woo, back to it loving. yeah yeah we were like very very happy to talk about this episode the day it came out with strange yes. new pod because they like live review um and so we talked about this with them and that was really the consensus as well is that they're doing such a good job right now of mirroring the times that we're going through with Star Trek, which has always been the case. I mean, Star yeah. Trek really hits, you know, and um, I think it's it's so important to reach out to the audience and try to connect with them this way. So, Rihanna, just thank you for uh, bringing up that parallel. Yeah, it's important. And I think it also is showing the isolation that these kids are having, these cadets. Um, they're struggling with the fact that they don't understand other cultures. And it's because of the burn. And there was no like, re there was no like far reachingness of the galaxy anymore. There was no none of that like connection that uh, they had in the past. And so I think it's really interesting that um, Gorev and Halal, I think his name is, is uh, they needed that common ground, you know, and it was only because of Adira who was like, yo, like this Orion is not like your typical, like stereotypical Orion. Like his father actually like died trying to um, write like peace armistice or like write peace treaties and stuff that ended up being the uh, like the agreement that they used for the like emerald chain which we just saw at the end of yeah. the last season like this is breaking crazy news. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> exactly so i think that this is just like so cool that tilly is literally like you need to find common ground right now like we are we are getting out of this alive and to do that you all need to work together because she emphasizes the the fact that like we cannot do stuff alone as much as we all want to be independent strong people which we can be but it does not mean we have to be and it does not mean that like we have to do things alone it's something that i'm learning and continue to learn because i'm very independent and i don't like asking people for help i would rather like do anything but ask people for help but I've been learning that like hey it's actually okay to reach out to people and like you know you can actually learn so much and become a better person if you talk to people and you find common ground yeah Tilly has that great the great quote in the middle of the episode she says there is common ground here but you'll never find it if you don't talk to each other which yeah. is true. I mean, it's that like very famous quote, you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. You know, like if you don't try to connect with someone, you're not going to. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it sometimes you shouldn't connect, you know, you're like, uh oh, that person, but yeah, you still should I mean, try, don't, you know, don't connect with the red flag people, maybe, <laughs> but like, still, you have to reach out and see if there is common ground, because like, we can't get anywhere in this world if we only talk to people who are the same as us, you know, yeah, that's not going to get us anywhere. Gotta yeah. take chances, open your bubble up a little bit. And this is what we're seeing too, is finding Saru found the common ground with the um president of or not the president but the, yeah, uh, the president leader of, of federation yeah, president of Vulcan I was or of Navarre um and Rihanna like <laughs> I know I can't believe it I said Vulcan we're woke um, it's Navarre yeah, I gotta be woke <laughs> Um, well, Saru found that common ground because he talks about his own experiences with the Ba'ul and how, like, they used to enslave them. And uh, it used to be this very, of course, like, horrible relationship they had. And then now, you know, in this future, and even during his time, they were able to find common ground and find a solution. And, of course, it's up to Michael and Saru to do this, but they do it beautifully, you know? This is I mean, the 
when yeah. the, the president says that um what's his name the beard dude is sick um, oh yeah and he can't he has, come yeah right yeah he's he's sick he can't come to the negotiations i feel like that's the equivalent of someone saying the enterprise is the closest fleet in the quadrant you know or it, you're, you're so it's right. the closest ship to the crisis um <laughs> michael and saru that's are the excuse yeah like, ones they need to solve this problem and i also there's a great quote by michael too because both of them, you know, Saru is has this thing going on with the, yeah. uh, the Vulcan. And um, anyway, yeah. And Michael's going back and forth with the president, trying to figure out what to do about this. Um, and then once they decide to have this committee that has both people like from Starfleet, um, but it's also like an independent review who's going to come together and they're going to check in on all of the worlds, like everyone who's joined Starfleet and kind of give them a survey, you know, like survey, how was your <laughs> experience with Starfleet when they got some minerals from your planet or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and Michael says, cause then Navarre's like, what about like, we need a representative it's not fair if we're not involved. And Michael says, I like, I'll do it because I grew up on Vulcan and it's mm -hmm. in my blood. I'm, you know, the daughter of logic and also a Starfleet captain. And she says, I will be the bridge until you no longer need it. And love I that. just, I love that quote. And it really makes me think about that too. I know Rihanna and I are both like extremely empathetic people. And I feel like I'll, I'll long, like sometimes with my friends, I end up being the bridge. I'm not yeah. like as cool as Michael, but sometimes, hey, you know, I think, awesome. I think it's important to remind each other of like, oh, this person's acting this way because they have this going on, you know, and keeping that round, like, well-rounded view of people is really important. So exactly. um, I'm just glad that Michael is the bridge for them. And of course she is. She was born for this job. Oh yeah. She's incredible at it. Well, and one more quote I want to say before we move on is, um, I, sorry, I can't remember who said it, but that a natural response to grief in crisis is to like pull away, but mm. we can't do this alone, you know? And I think that we are all grieving so much about the events of Ukraine and we're grieving about COVID and about so many black lives lost, you know, during, uh, in America oh. always. And so I just like, I just want to reach out and say that like, yes, grief when we're grieving our natural response is to close in, but we can't. We literally can't like we have to keep reaching out to each other and that's what star trek keeps reminding us so yeah and well and yeah. this is also a part of this episode we haven't even talked about um is that book is in therapy sessions um yes. with hugh with dr colbert and he's trying to process his grief as well mm -hmm. and um he's very sick of the whole process and doesn't really like want to have, have therapy and be talking about his emotions but I think it's good for him to realize because uh, I keep saying Bashir almost. Um, <laughs> Hugh, yeah. Hugh, uh, Dr. Colbert gets him to have an angry emotional outburst or like the type of therapy that they're doing, which is like normally done on um, uh, Book's Homeworld. Um, it makes him really angry because his planet is gone and he can no longer do that ever again. And so it's mm -hmm. just a reminder too that if grief, if anger is your natural reaction to grief, that's okay. If it's yeah. crying, that's okay. If it's something else, it's okay because if we all have laughter, to process. You know, if yeah. it's joy, like it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And like it's important to let yourself feel those different things, but also don't isolate yourself. Please come reach out to us. DM us if you're feeling bad. We can, you know, we'll send you a little message. We're it's all here like, together. It's like, 
you know, anything that happens physically to you, uh, if you break your leg, you're going to have symptoms of the pain. And yeah. when you suffer a trauma like that, you're going to have symptoms of the pain. And so it's important to remember to treat it as such, be gentle with yourself, love yourself, reach out to people who love you and support you. Um, or just yes. watch Star Trek and it'll remind <laughs> you of all that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either way. Um, Rihanna, I want to toast, um, Dr. Colbert for that one. Yes. And I would like to toast Michael as well. Oh, double. <laughs> Literally your daily double glass is amazing. <laughs> I was just going to say, Rihanna got this for me. We both <laughs> love Jeopardy. Love it. Make it a true daily double. Alex, rest in yes. peace. Um, okay, should we move on to our last episode? Oh my gosh, I can't believe this hour is flying by. Um, and before we move on, Rihanna, you know what Michael would do if she was hmm. on this live stream right now? What would she do? She would donate to help the people she of Ukraine. She definitely would. Yeah. If you are new to the stream or if you left and you just came back, I um, want to give you an update. You know what? Um, let me refresh this page right here. Oh my gosh, we are at $2,254. It might be different in um, euros, but I see it in dollars. <laughs> so um, I'm just, I've been just amazed to see. I've been hopping on and off all day watching or since the stream started and just seeing the dollar amount rise. And it just makes me so, so, so happy. So Oh, thank yeah. you, everyone. And thank incredible. you all for commenting and participating in the conversation. This is truly a joy. Once again, thank you, Clone Star Podcast. Thank you. Woo. Yes, thank you so much. All right. And with that, we have one final episode to discuss on our teamwork Star Trek episode. Woo. <laughs> okay, Ashlyn, I'm ready to do the summary. Okay. So, Rihanna. Okay, let me get my... This is me now. Um, all right, here we go. Tell us about Star Trek Prodigy... Time amok. Ready, set, go. Okay, so Janeway is very frustrated that none of the crew is actually like working together. And so she has to have them go in this holodeck program so they can try to get this chicken and this fox and grain across the river. And that fails. And so then they have this crazy, they fly into this ion storm and it creates a like time thing where they're all in separate times and they all have to work together and they're all at different time speeds and so they have to like give each other the next piece of the puzzle to fix the time and rock talk is there the longest and so she figures it all out and then by the end boom they're all done boom yeah <laughs> that was, that was pretty one. good <laughs> um yeah essentially this is like probably my favorite episode of prodigy right now as it stands i think it's brilliantly done it is so fun to see like a you know sort of another time anomaly thing i'm sure hologram jadeway is like great more time travel <laughs> that's just what she needs <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but i do love the fact that this episode starts out with them trying to do the holodeck program to train themselves and to like work to be better starfleet officers but the thing is, is that like in the beginning of this episode, Janeway doesn't know that they're not Starfleet. She doesn't know that they just stole the ship from the um, penal colony, the mining colony. Okay, whatever. how does she not know, though? I feel Come like Hollow yeah. Janeway's kind of dumb, you know? Like, <laughs> hey. I mean, no offense to Hollow Janeway, but like, they're, they don't Put even two have two together. They don't have comms. Like, I'm sorry, they don't have comms. <laughs> um, they have no idea about Starfleet. They're completely blind to everything. And so I yeah. kind of thought that Janeway was kind of going along with it the whole time and knew but the fact that she was shocked yeah, I was like, like 
like it's just like, look girl, around were you born yesterday but you know, whatever she kinda again, was. <laughs> i should be nice to her but i was yeah. like girl anyway yeah so i do love that she starts this hollow exercise to help them try to you know get the the chicken and the uh, fox and grain across the boat and like learning oh you can go back you don't have to do it in one trip or like all this stuff and to see them struggle is very frustrating because like they're not communicating they're all just spouting ideas without listening to each other and like isn't that what we do a lot like isn't that twitter <laughs> like i feel like half of our social media is us Call just that. spouting ideas yeah and not listening to each other and like don't get me wrong i love different platforms of like you know I like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and stuff, but like it can be very dicey when you like actually don't listen to each other and like don't think of other people's perspectives. And so this is why this fails a lot, you know, is the fact that like this is not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I did you figure out the riddle, the answer to the riddle about the fox and the grain and the chicken? Because the idea is that they're supposed oh, to like get them in a boat across the river but of course like if you put the chicken and the fox together the fox is going to eat the chicken yeah. um but then zero was like we could like do one at a time and come back yeah. and jane was like warmer so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's all we got we never got a full one i mean but I, I think the answer is in the episode you know it's sort of like if you work together they'll have a solution. I don't know what the solution is, but they probably would have come up with I mean, a good it's one. probably just putting one at a time across. Yeah. <laughs> or just the like the fox and the grain and then come back for the chicken. I still feel like the fox will eat the grain. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about like what foxes eat, but <laughs> <laughs> this isn't our podcast episode. So. Um, um yeah. Yeah, I I again, this is similar hilariously to a little ship because each of yeah. the crew are separated by time and everybody's going at different speeds i also love the way that they explain the complications of this time travel yes. because they do it like so simply yeah that even mm -hmm. kids can understand and they really spell it out for you but not in like an annoying way it's really beautifully yeah. done um, so we have everybody is traveling at different speeds and only janeway can travel between them but each of them complete a piece of the puzzle to help get the ship back online because mm -hmm. basically um the warp or what's not the warp core the protostar is like gonna explode because it relies on gravity to be powered and in the ion storm there's no gravity and so yeah. they have to build this thing to help keep it stable i think it is like a warp stabilizer or something yeah um and so zero who is who i expect right away to like fix everything yeah um but zero has no time and neither and so at first it's jacob jacob is the one closest to the explosion mm -hmm. um and so he explodes like immediately he thinks he's can 10 minutes toast to jacob pause oh. in this episode because oh, he yes, is not enough can. love toast Boom. to jacob mm -hmm. <laughs> he's so good in this because he runs down he runs down immediately in engineering he's right on it so brave he knows he's gonna blow up in like a minute and like he still is like we need to get this thing like go tell the next you know essentially like he figures out that what the little stabilizer thing they need and that then of course then can help the rest of the crew make it and so i just like he's so brave in this he just runs down and like right and of course he's closest to the explosion too so like you know that it's it's it would have been really bad if they didn't have the rest of the crew yeah yeah exactly um I am really also just admiring of Janeway in this episode because she's able to appeal to every single character and 
have them just she's able to like efficiently communicate what's wrong and then how they can fix it and in the case of doll he's playing his video game and he's not aware of the situation and so she has to work even harder with him to say hey this is really serious there's no one on the ship wake up buddy mm -hmm. um and i think also doll has a lot of self-esteem issues even though mm -hmm. he kind of puts on a vibrato um, you know, and he has a little bit of an ego is thinking that you know, he's all that he can do anything, but inside he's really afraid. And I actually yeah. really connected with doll while I was watching this episode because he's so afraid he's going to mess up the warp stabilizer that he is, he doesn't even want to try. He, yeah. he just says, Nope, I can't do it. I'm going to mess it up period. And so Janeway yeah. has to push him, you know, and say, you can do it. And also you have no choice because everyone's going to die if you don't try. Yeah. <laughs> But also she pushes him to think outside the box too, because he's like, we don't have the right parts. Like, how am I supposed to do this? But he's the one who comes up with like the different pieces they can use that then he shows to Zero. And then of course Zero is like a freaking genius and uses the schematics, even though they're in a very like limited time period, Zero just like kicks butt. Like they're awesome. I love Zero. That Which leads me to my question, who do you think was the most like awesome team with Janeway who do you think worked best in this moment with Janeway um I think that Gwen worked the best with Janeway because she really she took it really seriously I think she really connected with Janeway she mm -hmm. said I know what I have to do and she had the added complication of trying to deal with um who's that terrible the dreadnought guy, guy? Dreadnought. yeah yeah so he dreadnought was like created in their vehicle replicator so that's how he was able to transport on the ship and try to kill Gwen and um so she's dealing with that but I just thought that her and Janeway worked really well together Rihanna what about you well, I just want to say too, Dreadnought found the missing piece they needed, which is like kind of perfect. So even he helped out. <laughs> I was joking. Because <laughs> um, I, I, well, I was joking to myself because I watched this alone, but um, <laughs> that's like me in my house. Because whenever my husband can't find something, he's like, where's my wallet? And I'm like, it's on the couch on the yeah. left side. Because I just have like, I just remember where things are at. You're like, he's, like freaking out in the morning. He's like, where are my keys? And I'm like, they're in your pants. And he's that's like, that's exactly oh! what my girlfriend does for me. Wow. We need people like you. In this well, world. we need we need people like Dreadnought. You know, it's like, where's the uh, converter? He's and he's just yeah. like, it's right here. <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, I think Zero and Janeway worked the best together. Yeah. Zero had the most limited amount of time besides Jacob, and um, and they just went right to work. They made the entire schematics, and everything was going like really fast. They're like typing, and, and I think I think they even said at one point, like, "Man, I wish I had." like better dexterity on my hands i'm like yeah i wish you had a, like that'd be so you even more sufficient and like extra amazing but anyway i just love zero and i think that they're like such a cool addition to this show and that that zero and janeway just are perfect they're right on in sync together absolutely and then we i know we only have a couple minutes left i just have to bring up rock uh rock talk <laughs> love of my, one life. Of my favorite characters <laughs> yes mm-hmm she is the one who saves everybody and she yeah. has the farthest literally the farthest journey to travel her time is going the slowest she is the least or she's the most reluctant to do anything to help with the situation she's terrified. It's really scary so scary. yeah she tells janeway to go away mm -hmm. and then she ends up because time's going so slowly she's alone for a long time we but don't know how long but it's long. we don't know how yeah. long 
um, probably like damaging amount of time that she was mm -hmm. alone. But you know what she did with that time? She learned a lot of math. She learned engineering. She like really. She rebuilt Janeway. Yeah. Like just so because no one told her where it goes. Like she built the entire thing months ago or however long ago. But we have no, but she literally was like, well, I guess I'll build Janeway because and Janeway was like, why do you need me? And she's like, no one told me where it goes. I'm like, that's so true. Like, that's such a good point. Like, I didn't even think of that. Of course she wouldn't know. She's not an engineer. And I like yeah. the fact that then she sort of gets to claim her own position because everyone is calling her security officer just because she's big and buff. And I just didn't like that. It's making assumptions about her. But she was just like, no, I'm actually like an engineering whiz now because I had all this time on my hands. Yep, exactly. I just, I love Rock Talk. And she ended up saving the day. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. Well, I just, yeah. Perfect timing. Are. Yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> don't worry. Like I promised, I was keeping an eye downstairs in my sleep deprived state on the tablet. That yeah, I have one eye on the tablet. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I kept an eye. I was keeping an ear for all the comments that were being made and kept an eye on the actual comments and as well themselves. Ladies, did you enjoy yourselves? Is the question. Absolutely. We had a blast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, in, and just out of curiosity, your podcast is the Dora Sisters podcast. Yes, straight out, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, yep. So, guys, yeah. if you haven't picked up on it before, please do pick up on it and do give it a listen. It's a really good podcast because obviously we've been reaching out in the last week and we've been discovering new podcasts that we didn't even know existed. So this is an absolute brilliant way to kind of network and kind of get the name out there as well and things like that. Um, ladies, thank you very much for that. I actually really enjoyed it because I was um, I decided to turn off the TV downstairs and not fall asleep. And I listened away to everything you were talking about. I love well, the you. idea of um, timing each other for um, having to, say, summarize the episode because um sean and myself when we were started doing our podcast we actually found we were spending more time trying to summarize the bloody episode yeah. and discuss what we ourselves thought about it so i'm going to start doing that to sean and timing him a lot more in future because yeah. he either forgets to do it or does it for far too long he's also in the in the backstage area here so he can hear everything i'm saying which is oh, he knows. <laughs> yeah we actually got that uh from harry potter and the sacred text that's how they summarize each chapter is they do a timed they do it as a competition so we altered it a mm -hmm. little bit but um yeah so we kind of great stole way, that idea yeah. from them but it's mm -hmm. a, it's great and it's funny and it really you know it gets you going so yeah <laughs> So, ladies, I'm going to let you go now at this point uh, because we're going to bring in the next podcast. So, again, Ashlyn, Rihanna, thank you so much. Have a good evening. It's been brilliant. <laughs> and we hope at some point in the future we can do something with you again. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Have a prosper. good night. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the fourth episode of our feminism series where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss all of the amazing women in Star Trek Voyager. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also, take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of our social media pages. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, a review of Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek trivia. You can find all this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, 
pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, and movies. If you haven't heard a particular series, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media and marketing done by me, Rihanna Hurd, and Ashlyn Gelman. Editing is done by Ashlyn Gelman and Rihanna Hurd. Our intro and outro was written by Jerry Goldsmith. Absolutely. You want to do the outro? Oh, oh sorry. Yes, I do. No, no, I totally do. I do. You had sheer panic in your eyes. <laughs> I was like, I didn't write down anything. Okay, we can do it.